Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So I uh, don't have a pun this week, but that's okay. I have a pretty good one. You uh, do. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about this. <laughs> well, now I really, really sold it. But um, yeah, we're going to be talking about this kind of nifty idea from. It's kind of like a modification on A/B testing uh-huh. called interleaving. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we'll talk about it in the main episode. But now that we've kind of gotten out of the, that part out of the way, we can move on from the intro and into the main episode. So I guess you could say we're now intro leaving. Ooh. <laughs> you are listening to Linear Digressions. So just to be clear, because interleaving and intro leaving sound really similar, the thing we were talking about, like the first part of it is I-N-T-E-R, interleaving. Interleaving, so, right. Yes, imagine it's kind of the verb you would come up with if you had a deck of cards and you were shuffling it together and they're kind of interleaving the cards with one another. Yeah, perfect shuffle. You go one, then the other. Or, or if you've ever played that game that probably most people play as a kid where you, uh, you, make a, you make a whole sentence or a story with another person, but you do it one word at a time, you're interleaving uh, each other's words yeah. uh, by going back and forth, right? Yep. And so I think that this is actually a pretty good mental model for what interleaving itself actually is. So let me... So interleaving is a data yeah. science term then. Uh, it comes a little bit more from kind of the realm of like statistics that's most concerned with A-B testing. And okay. in particular, the place where I was reading about it the most was it's a method for doing testing of different ranking algorithms. So think about stuff like maybe a recommendation system, like what you have on on Netflix when they have those little carousels of the different shows that they're recommending to you. There's an order to those shows and the stuff that pops up on your home screen with like the first few things that get returned are higher in importance than the stuff that you have to click a few times to see. Or another good example here is search engines, which is kind of the same thing except they're text and they're organized vertically and you have to click onto the next page to see the next 10 results, that kind of thing. And so the general idea here is that if you're working at Netflix or Google or Microsoft or whatever, then there's a decent chance you're working on some of these ranking algorithms. And there's probably some abstract notion that certain ranking algorithms can be better than others. And you might have a new algorithm that you want to test and figure out if it's better than what you have running in production right now. And so the question right. is, how, how do you do, do you that? Yeah. So what I would do, uh, this shows how much I know, is I would run an A-B test. I would split up my population of people. And for, uh, for one of the groups, I would use one of the ranking models to show them you know, what's predicted as their top movies or, or whatever it is. And then for the other group, I would do that with the other algorithm. And then I would compare, I don't know, I guess whatever the success metrics are between those two groups yeah and so i think that well the first thing about that is that notion of what are the success metrics that starts to get pretty hairy pretty quickly when you think about Mm -hmm. it so let's imagine the search engine example so in search engines it's like what what constitutes a good result it's probably like it's probably related to clicks so if someone clicks on a result that your search engine returns then that's good um, it's probably related, but you don't want to have it be um, totally clicks because if someone is clicking through all of the results and 
they spend two seconds on each page and they click back and they go to the next one. They spend three seconds on that page. They go back, spend two seconds on the next one. They go to that. Like mm. that's a sign that they're kind of rifling through and they're not finding what they're looking for. So that's, that's a sign that it's actually not doing a good job. And I don't know. So maybe there's some notion that you click to something and then you spend a lot of time on that page. Maybe that's what success looks like. Uh, but on the other hand, you want a, you want an algorithm to probably return lots of high quality results. So it's not just that there's one thing that you click on and spend a long time, but on average, there's multiple high quality results that you get. So it starts to get like, you can see how this is starting to get a little bit like, Oh, I don't, Very I, don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So if you imagine you have your two different algorithms that are running in production and somebody gets a B tested into one group or the other, it's like pretty hard to take a complex metric, like, what a user is doing as they're clicking through and assessing these different pages and turn that into an overall quality metric. And even when you do, that metric can be pretty noisy because you're comparing across different people. So the stuff that's most relevant and helpful and useful for you might be quite different from what's relevant and helpful and useful for me. And so in order to really tell if one of these two algorithms is systematically doing better then you probably have to run the test many, many times to smooth over a lot of that variance that you get in the data. Yeah, which is probably not a huge problem for Google because they have so much traffic. At the same time, they probably also have more tests that they want to run. Yes, So, yes, for sure. And so interleaving is kind of an interesting idea of how you can horse race two different algorithms against each other. And so the, the crucial assumption or insight, if you want to think about it this way, is that someone clicking on a thing, clicking on a result, is generally a point in favor of that result, which makes some sense, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing when you interleave is you have two different algorithms that, again, let's continue with the search engine example. Uh, it's your top 10 hits that you get from Google algorithm A top 10 hints for Google algorithm B. They might have a lot of overlap, but they'll be in a different order. And there might be a few links that are different for the two of them. So then I what- I think I see where we're going. Yeah, where do you think we're going? Well, I mean, the word is interleaving. Uh -huh. So I'm guessing that you take those um, top results from one algorithm and the top results from the other, and you uh, shuffle them together in, in that nice, even odd, even odd kind of a way. And then you can kind of get more data. I, get, I, I actually don't really understand why this would be better. Yeah. But is that, the, is that the right direction? Yeah, you're on the right track. So we randomize whether we start with A or we start with B, because we have to start with one. And so we make it just a coin flip, which one we start with. And the reason you want to coin flip it is that there's probably a slight bias towards whoever gets to go first. So you want to make sure that that doesn't pull your results one way or the other. But flip the coin and you pick who goes first. And then let's say you say that list A goes first. So then you take the top result from list A. That's the first result. Then you go over to list B and you take the top result from list B that's not already returned by list A. So if the top result from list B is like a different thing, uh, let's use a Netflix example because I feel like it's a little bit more intuitive. Like sure. what's in my Netflix queue right now? So the top result might be uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because I started watching this the other day. It's really fun. 
Uh, it's like a dumb superhero show. I really like it. So it might say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Get that from list A. But then there's this BBC murder mystery show that I've been watching for much longer. And so I've seen more episodes of it, but I haven't watched it as much recently. And so maybe algorithm B is the one that returns my BBC murder mystery. And so it'll go Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then BBC murder mystery. And then it'll go back to algorithm A. And maybe algorithm A had BBC murder mystery in slot two. That's already been picked, so it's going to go to slot three. And maybe what that has is, uh, let's see, I've been watching um, old uh, Anthony Bourdain episodes, so that'll go into slot slot three. I'm learning a lot about what you watch on Netflix. Um, yeah, well, me and me and my, you know, husband. But um, yeah, and then slot uh, four will be I don't know. He he likes um, Daredevil, I think. So maybe that'll go into slot four. So anyway, you get the idea. So we're we're interleaving them, going back and forth with a little bit of um, deduping where there's cases of ties between the two lists and that sort of thing. Yeah, and um, it and seems it, yeah, it seems ahead. like the first uh, the first algorithm to be chosen from gets an advantage, but you randomize. And so that kind of cancels out, right? Yeah, exactly. So in general, you shouldn't have one that's systematically coming up ahead. And so when I get this carousel presented to me, I have the all the shows in a certain order. And maybe I pick the, I pick the sixth one on the list. And then it goes through and it says, okay, did that suggestion come from list A originally or from list B and whichever one it came from is the one that ranked it higher. So there, there is some kind of intuition here where, you know, it's fair to give the credit that way. Cause you know, list A and list B might've both recommended it, but whichever one popped it up should be the one that had it in a higher rank. And that's presumably some measure of quality is that the thing that I actually click on, the thing that we say is like a good result is a click is the one that's coming is the credit is getting assigned to the algorithm that surfaced that. And so as I go through and I'm just through my ambient use of just clicking on different options, giving feedback to the system, which it can then attribute the credit to either list A or list B. And because I'm just one person who's, you know, looking at all of these results woven in together uh, with one another, I'm, basically horse racing the two algorithms against each other. It isn't like, it isn't like the AB case where maybe you have your set of criteria and I have mine and we're very different. And so that noise could be, right. you know, something that makes the statistical analysis hard. Instead, we're saying, no, the thing that really matters is that for one individual person, they quickly find something that they want to watch and, whatever makes that person tick is something that needs to be accounted for here. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on in your world. This is just what's going on in mine. And yeah, uh, as I go through, it's then very clear how to say which algorithm is winning because it's the one that gets more clicks. That's so neat. That, that almost feels like cheating in a way. Cause <laughs> yeah. like when I was thinking about AB tests, say AB tests is basically saying, all right, you can't take, let's just take Joe Schmo, the um, canonical Netflix user. Uh, so Joe Schmo, you know, opens up Netflix and looks at his list and chooses a movie. Uh, well, 
the perfect A-B test would be if we could, like, fork the universe, split the universe, and say, all right, in universe one, we're going to take Joshmo, same initial starting conditions, and we're going to give him this algorithm. And in, in the second universe, we're going to give him this algorithm. But you can't do that. And so instead, you you accept the fact that you're going to get a bunch of noise and you take different populations and you can't reason on the on the um with the granularity of individual users anymore because users are all different from each other but it feels like interlacing is kind of cheating because it's kind of giving you signal i'm exactly what it's doing is it's giving you signal on how joe schmo would react to movies suggested by either of the algorithm at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're totally right that you know, kind of the trick that we're playing when we do A-B testing and causal inference is we say, if this person lived in these two these two different worlds simultaneously, which one would have a better outcome? And interweaving gives you something that's like actually pretty close to that, where you're giving them both of the treatments at the same time, and you're just seeing which one they they grab onto a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, that's a really good point. And this is the this is the kind of thing that uh, you know Netflix and and I found a a paper from Microsoft and these types of uh, places that yeah really specialize in some of these ranking type algorithms or information retrieval like pulling back results for you when you look for something. Uh, this is the way that they that they tend to do a lot of that validation because yeah you mean much much less data in order to know which of your algorithms is winning. Okay, that is really cool. I had never heard of that before, and I'd never thought of that before, but it feels like a way that with some caveats and some uh, limitations, you can have your cake and eat it too. Oh, yeah, actually, that's one thing I should I should add, though. What are some of the caveats and limitations? Because it feels like you're getting something for free. Uh, this yeah. Is a, yeah, so this is a good method for... Like we said a few times, horse racing two different algorithms against each other for just with which one is best. But a lot of times when you're doing an A-B test, you're collecting a lot of additional data as you go that is allowing you to do sort of a deeper study. So a lot of times, but interleaving makes it kind of challenging from what I understand to do that same level of detailed analysis. So very often what it sounds like, uh, especially I was reading a, a blog from, I think Netflix, but I'll put links to uh, several different sources that I was reading for this episode for folks who are interested in this. Um, but what they seem to say is that they use interleaving to quickly go from, uh, you know, kind of a broad number of algorithms that they're testing, um, either through time or in any, at any given point in time, there might be many different algorithms that are sort of in the testing phase, to figuring out which ones uh, are pretty good, uh, get above some threshold. Uh, and then they do a more detailed A-B test before they'll actually make changes to their production code where they can do sort of all of those cross checks. So they're making sure that, I don't know, for maybe certain types of particularly important users that they don't have ill effects, but types of users that they don't have as many of them or any of those other kinds of um, secondary studies. So that's something that I should that I should note is that this is a good way to quickly get kind of a spot check on how a couple of algorithms are doing against each other but that before you start putting things into production, you probably want to do the full A-B test. It's just now you're A-B testing just a couple of algorithms instead of every single one that you have to think of. Anyway, so that is, uh, that's worth noting a little bit. That's one of the, 
one of the things, you know, kind of no free lunch here. Um, but like I said, there's a number of really good sources that I found when looking into this. So if this sounds interesting or useful to you, then you should check those out. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.